Hello, and welcome to our latest Regulation Tomorrow Plus podcast. My name is Catherine Pluck, and I'm a senior knowledge lawyer here in the financial services team in London. And today I'm joined by financial services partners, Jonathan Herbst and Katie Stephen. And we are going to be discussing culture, covering some key recent developments, as well as some practical steps that firms can be taking in this area. Jonathan, can we please start with you? At a high level, what are some of the recent and upcoming developments in connection with culture to be aware of? Um, there are quite a few going on at the moment. I think I pick out three or four. I mean, firstly, obviously, uh, for those who are in the kind of retail sector, consumer duty has come in and that you know, has created a higher standard of duty. I think the more interesting point, perhaps, is the flow over into all areas of customer treatment. And you know, clearly, events with Farage were just interesting in context, much broader context, and we need to be thinking very carefully about client take-on, uh, rejection of clients, client removal, how they treat clients. And I think the, the fascinating thing about that is that that isn't just in the retail sector, it's also in the wholesale sector. And we're seeing evidence of interest from FCA and other regulators on that, unsurprisingly. But I think firms need to be very conscious of all of those issues and perhaps do a review not just of their AML and KYC, but also reputational risk and how they deal with that. So that's that's the second area. Third area, I think, is DNI. Uh, everyone will be aware FCA is bringing out a paper in September, probably on that. A lot of thought needed on how to you know how to deal with DNI within a firm and what you mean by DNI. We'll see what the FCA has to say, but certainly it isn't just around statistics on balance of sex and, and background, but also a broader analysis of the employees have, and also thinking a bit about the client base. So I pick out all of those three or four areas as things we should be thinking about, and crucially, across the sector. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, Katie, I understand that in addition, one area where the FCA is fo- focusing its supervisory efforts is in relation to improving culture in the wholesale markets. What's been happening there? Yes, that's right, Kat. So the FTA made a speech recently in which it made reference to what it calls rolling bad apples. And it seems that wholesale brokers have told the FTA that it's too easy for individuals who've been involved in misconduct to move from one firm to another without enough questions being asked at their new firm. And the FCA said it wants firms to take their regulatory referencing far more seriously. And that might include things like extending probationary periods, adding extra monitoring or or restricting activity. And the FTA is really highlighting that new employers have got to satisfy themselves that the person they're hiring is fit and proper, and they can't just rely on on what they've been told by a former employer. And it, it, it suggests that the FCA has found that firms haven't really been properly considering adverse information in the regulatory references and that maybe some firms have been too willing to turn a blind eye to new recruits having been dismissed for issues like market abuse, expense fraud, sexual harassment. And that means that they then fail to put in place additional controls to prevent the individuals repeating um, that behaviour and that exposes the firm uh, to risks. And so one of the key actions, I think, for firms with a view to establishing and maintaining a good culture 
is really making sure that they have good onboarding procedures and that these procedures are followed and crucially that they could demonstrate that to the FCA and they've given some examples of good practice which include proactively contacting the previous employer for more information, maybe undertaking your own investigation and, and doing those sorts of things can demonstrate to the FCA that you're making strong judgments on the fitness and propriety of your, your new people. Thanks, Katie. Jonathan, are there any other supervisory developments to be aware of? Well, a couple. I think first, let me just pick up on what Katie was saying. And I've had a concern for a long time around the realities of the certification regime. So Katie sort of talked about taking on you know, employees. The other issue I think firms should be very conscious of is the annual review and indeed ongoing, if there are events, if review, particularly of certification staff. It's a big burden on firms, the fact that now it's the firm that determines the and how you design your governance around that, particularly for smaller firms where the compliance team may come under pressure and you know the reporting lines, the governance, the process, that is really something we are beginning to see some focus on. So Katie's right, there's this sort of taking in people and I think also the ongoing side. So that's number one. Number two, it's interesting, and uh, coming back to um, Farage and all of that, uh, FCA, of course, requesting data from banks in relation to account closures. There's a much broader picture there for people to think around, um, you know, client take on and other issues, which I mentioned earlier. So just to be aware of both of those, I think, would be sensible. Thanks, Jonathan. And Katie, what about developments relating to culture on the more contentious side? What should firms be aware of there? Well, I think one of the things uh, to uh, flag here is whistleblowing. So the FCA's view is clearly that a healthy culture is one where people are able to speak up and that firms need to have in place effective uh, systems for dealing with those whistleblowing reports. And there have been a couple of recent developments. So in May, the FCA published the findings from a whistleblowing survey it, it did in 2022, and it set out some actions to improve confidence of whistleblowers. And so that included providing more detail about the action that the FCA is taking and its reasons for taking or not taking action and outcomes when it closes cases. Um, and they've also published uh, the prescribed persons annual report for 2022-23. And that includes some information about disclosures that have been made to it under the prescribed persons regulations. And what's interesting about that is there's an analysis of the top 10 allegations reported by whistleblowers in the period. And the culture of an organisation was the third most common allegation. Um, the top one was compliance and then fitness and propriety was, was second. And the, the other thing is, obviously, individuals can raise their concerns directly to the firm. Um, and that might be better for the firm in the sense that the firm then has the opportunity uh, to look into it to address any issues, um, um, including those um, relating to culture and really be proactive about that. Um, we've actually published a blog with some practical steps for firms to take uh, when a whistleblowing report is received. And obviously, we're always happy to talk to firms about that. Thanks, Katie. Um, also of note here, the Department for Business and Trade is currently reviewing the law in relation to whistleblower protections, and it is expected that their research will be concluded by autumn of this year. Uh, the FCA has said that it will make a full contribution to this review to support the enhancement of the wider whistleblowing framework. 
The other development that I wanted to ask you about, Katie, is non-financial misconduct. What has been happening in relation to enforcement in this area and how does it relate to culture? Yes, it's a real area of focus, this um, non-financial misconduct. Um, I'm actually going to read a quote from a letter that the FCA wrote to the Treasury Select Committee in July this year, because I think it really illustrates its view. And so it said, a corporate culture that tolerates sexual harassment or other non-financial misconduct is unlikely to be one in which people feel able to speak up and challenge decisions, or one in which they'll have faith that concerns will be independently and fairly assessed. Such a culture also raises questions about a firm's decision making and risk management. So you can see there that the FCA is flagging that non-financial misconduct can also reflect poorly on the firm's culture and, and sort of other aspects of its business. And the FCA po pointed out in that letter that it's prohibited seven individuals for non-financial misconduct of various kinds, including things like assault, non-payment of railway tickets, use of work email to send in a appropriate message messages and they're also looking at cases um, they've got two enforcement investigations that are open and related to non-financial misconduct um, and they're looking at cases involving criminal convictions and there have been some recent cases that have hit the headlines and really given rise to some debate about the FCA, FCA's expectations of individuals and firms dealing with these kinds of difficult situations and the FCA has recognised that this is a sort of evolving sensitive area and it said that it's going to be clarifying its guidance in the paper on diversity and inclusion that Jonathan was talking about earlier. And the FCA has also made clear that it expects firms to take these situations seriously. So where there are allegations or evidence of non-financial misconduct, uh, firms need to have appropriate internal procedures for dealing with them. Um, it might want to uh, investigate and the FCA can take action if it feels that firms don't have appropriate systems and controls. Thanks, Katie. We'll come on to talk about some practical things firms can do in response to issues in this area later. Um, but before we do this, Jonathan, what are some of the things firms can be doing to help establish and maintain a healthy culture as BAU? Yes, well, thanks, Kat. And, and firstly, let me just pick up on, on what Katie was saying. Obviously, how they respond in these situations we've just been talking about is critical. Uh, so that's just, you know, obviously important. So first thing I'd say, I've got a four-point four plan here, but before we get to that, I think the thing firms should not do, particularly senior management, obviously, is, you know, hold up their hands and say, this is too slippery an issue to really do anything about. That won't work. So four-point four plan suggestions. I think the first is to actually you know, look at your speak up culture and the extent to which you can evidence that everyone in the firm is listening to each other. There are various things you can do, just to give a few examples, you know, to what extent are leaders in the firm getting feedback, do they have proper visibility of what's happening in the organisation. Uh, there's obviously looking at the whistleblowing data, which Katie was talking about, and making sure whistleblowing system effective. Um, but then perhaps slightly more subtle, you've got the question of evidence of action based on warning signs about culture, particularly in larger firms where the issue is not so much tone from the top, but tone in the middle, which is often a concern. What can you evidence? Can you look at attrition numbers in different parts of the firm? And then finally, on this first sort of suggestion, to what extent are you getting learnings from exit interviews or other um, surveys from, from the uh, staff? So all of those are sort of number one. Number two, 
think you've got the question, this is tricky, of, of doing a broader cultural survey and cultural training. There are different views on that in the market, but certainly it is something to think about engagement survey and other, other similar kinds of techniques, and there are people out there who do those. Uh, thirdly, I think it obviously uh, DNI, you know, looking at your recruitment, the way you recruit, how you recruit, who you recruit, uh, and who you keep, uh, and who you promote, all of those things are relevant. And then finally, and clearly this comes back to one of the you know, core areas that SMCR was driving at, is um, incentive structures, how all of what we've just discussed ties back into your REM and other incentive structures. So four-point plan, a lot to think about, but to say the thing that senior management should not do is just conclude it's all too difficult and it's for another day. Absolutely, Jonathan. And picking up the point you made there about warning signs, Katie, where firms do experience issues with regards to culture, what should they do? What, should they do? what tips do you have for firms here? Well, Jonathan's already made the point about the way in which firms respond being critical. I think that's reflected in a speech that Therese Chambers made in, in June um, called Do the Right Thing. And she was really emphasising there that when something happens, it is an opportunity for a firm to demonstrate that they are prepared to do the right thing. And it really shouldn't be for regulators to come in and, as she says, clean up the mess. And so the FDA is looking for transparency and cooperation. Um, and I think when there is a, a, an issue that arises, there are a few things that firms uh, should be thinking about. Firstly, is there any remediation uh, action that needs to be taken? Do they need to suspend uh, or take any other action in relation to employees? Uh, do they need to investigate themselves? What's the scope of that? Who should be carrying it out? Are there any disclosures or notifications that need to be made? Um, we've actually got a session running in the autumn as part of our in-house forum series where we're looking at uh, steps that firms should take at the outset of an investigation in a bit more detail. So do look out for that and we can share details. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Casey, for highlighting that session. And also to both of you for your thoughts today. We will, of course, continue to keep you updated on developments relating to culture on our Regulation Tomorrow blog, as well as our podcasts. And as always, please do get in touch with any queries or topic suggestions. Thank you for listening.